My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on E Developing Islam in Me Sha'ban edition like I said the 12th of Sha'ban coinciding the 1438 coinciding with the 9th of May that is Tuesday week is going so fast as well as you know the days that are going so fast as well and none other than I have in, my, in studio I've got my guest and that is none other than Molina Shabir Halland and Molina will be doing part 2 on the series of Soam which is fast Ibn Malina, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Malina, how are you doing this afternoon? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, we also do urge you in the program to send through your questions on what Malina is speaking about. That is on 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. And it says that we are in part two of our series being Soam, which is fasting. I will now be handing over to Malina to do a recap as to where Malina stopped yesterday. Malina, tafadnu. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalatu wassalam. على أشرف الأنبياء وسيد المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين رب شرح لصدري ويسر لأمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته الحمد لله يستدب we completed the definition of fasting the definition of the word siyam we mentioned that literally siyam means to abstain from something abstaining from eating abstaining from drinking or from speaking just abstaining from something then we went on and we mentioned that the 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 meaning of siyam when it comes to the legal meaning the shar'i meaning we mentioned that siyam means in the in the legal sense it means abstaining from all those things that invalidates the fast that breaks the fast mean to law al-fajr from true dawn from fajr in the morning until ila ghurub al-shams until sunset in the in the evening biniyatin makhsusatin with a special with a specific intention this year is regarded as the legal meaning of a fasting and then also we went on to say that fasting in the month of ramadan is one of the integral pillars of islam we said that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that bunya al-islam ala khamsin that islam has been built upon five pillars we went on to say that the fifth of these pillars was fasting in the month of ramadan alhamdulillah also we said we mentioned that every injunction every order from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is if we fulfill the condition if we fulfill the order allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a gives us a specific quality we mentioned that when we perform salah correctly as you ought to perform salah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove from our lives every type of sin inna salata tanha anil fakhsha'i wal munkar and when we speak about ramadan we mentioned yesterday that that person that fasts this month of ramadan or any month of ramadan as it ought to be fasted and he gives the haq of the month of ramadan he gives the haq of the day and the night of ramadan allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says la'allakum tattaqun perhaps you will attain unto piety that person will leave the month of ramadan inshallah in such a condition that he will be from the muttaqin we also mentioned alhamdulillah that when a person attains this quality of taqwa then 
the fruits and the thamarat and the virtues of taqwa are many in the Quran. One we mentioned yesterday is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a way out for him from every difficulty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will sustain him from avenues and sources from which he never expected sustenance and help to come from. So today, alhamdulillah, we will carry on with the program. And today, inshallah, our focus point will be the conditions that obligates the fast. Conditions obligating the fast. Definitely there, like Maulana has said, we are going to be speaking about conditions that obligate the fast. And there are already some questions that came through, Maulana. The first question that came through is, can one force a six-year-old child to fast whole day? Before I answer that question, let's get into the into the topic of today because we are discussing, that's what we will be discussing today, um, the conditions that obligates the fast. The first of these conditions, the first condition that a person has to fulfill for fasting and for fasting to become compulsory upon him is he has to be a, he has to be a Muslim, he has to have Islam. A non-Muslim is not addressed with the injunctions of Sharia. The khitab of Allah, the address of Allah to a non-Muslim is, is to submit and accept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to accept Islam as his deen. This is the injunction which is addressed to a, a non-Muslim. When he becomes a Muslim and he submits to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only then is he responsible for the ahkam of, of sharia. La ikraha fi deen. You cannot force anyone to become a Muslim. You cannot force anyone to become a Muslim, nor can you force a non-Muslim to fast in the month of, of Ramadan. That comes to the answer, the second point, the second quality that is required will answer the question that has been, that has been asked. The second question is, a, 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 what is the, the second question is about the youngster. Mm-hmm. Does the youngster, how old is he, how old must he be to be for fasting to become compulsory? Fasting, the second quality that a person should have is the quality of taklif. The person must be mukallaf. What does the word mukallaf mean? The word mukallaf means that the person has reached a certain age or he has certain qualities that makes him responsible for his actions. That makes him responsible for his Actions. So a mukallaf person, a mukallaf person has two qualities. He has two essential qualities. The first quality is he has to be balig. The second quality is he has to uh, he has to be akil. Balig means he has to reach a stage of an age of maturity. He has to have reached the age of maturity. Akil means that he has to be of sound mind. Right. So. A six-year-old child, Mathalan, for example, can you force your six-year-old child to fast? So we ask ourselves the question, has the six-year-old child reached the age of bulugh? Is he balih? Is he mature? What do we mean by mature? What is mature? What does Sharia, when does Sharia, Islam regard a person as balih, as mature? A person is balih. A person becomes balik, a girl or a boy becomes balik because of one of two physical changes that takes place in his body. Uh, when it comes to the boy, it is an ikhtilam, it is a dream that he sees in, uh, at night and the result is he has to take a ghuzal because now physical changes has taken place in his body and where a female is concerned, when she starts experiencing her, her menses. And that is the age when they become physically mature. If a child or a girl or a boy does not experience uh, 
uh, a girl does not experience experience menses, uh, or a boy does not become he does not experience that phys- physical change in his body. And then when they reach the age of fifteen, automatically they become mature. So that answers the question: Is a six-year-old child mature? No, he is not mature. Can you force him to fast? Can you force him to fast? Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says in a hadith that muru awladakum bissalati wa hum abnau sabaa. Regarding salah, when Rasulullah speaks about salah, he says, order your kids, order your children to make salah when they are seven years old. Hmm. Then, When they reach the age of ten years old, what do you do now? You coerce them. You, you, you strongly encourage them. You, you strongly urge them to start performing the, the salah. You coerce them and you add a certain type of a punishment with it. That if you don't perform salah, then this is a punishment that you will be, that you will be getting as to get them into the habit of performing salah before they reach the age of, of puberty. A young child of six years old, a young child of six years old, first of all, he does not have the physical strength, nor does he have the maturity to be held responsible for fasting. What could be done is that the child could be slowly nurtured into into the fasting of the month of Ramadan. The child can slowly be nurtured like we have the habit in Cape Town when children reach a certain age of five or six, they start fasting half a day. Yes. They start <laughs> fasting half a day. So you, you create that environment in your house. Everyone is fasting. You're having all that treats at Buka time, at the time when you break your fast. And the environment of Ibadah, the environment of Quran, the environment of Dua creates the yearning within the child from the age of six. When he experiences the environment of Ramadan, automatically he would want to fast. So answering the question, can you force them? No. But can you start encouraging them? Can you create the environment that would make them want to fast from themselves? Yes, that's definitely recommended that in the house we create such an environment that everybody would want to fast. Marina has been speaking about uh, the the question, speaking on the question that was asked and that is regarding can one force a six-year-old to fast whole day as well as looking at the, the question as well as, you know, fasting half day and also you're wanting your children to go into this and also you're making a platform available for them in terms of knowing that it is the month of Ramadan, it is fasting and so forth. However, Marina, before I allow Malada to continue, there is another question or a few more questions that came through and it states here can a pregnant woman fast during the month of Ramadan Bismillah Rahman Rahim regarding a pregnant woman fasting in the month of Ramadan yesterday I answered the question um, the lady who is pregnant the lady who is pregnant she has a baby that's developing in the stomach and that baby is taking sapping from her energies so she has to govern herself she has to look at her own ability where does she stand where her strength is concerned does she have the strength to complete an entire day of fasting or does she not have the strength to do so? If she should fast, if she decides that she does have the, she has the ability, will she in any way put her life or the life of a baby in danger? These are the questions that she has to answer herself or if she, she doesn't have the answers to those questions, she can go and see, she has to see a, a doctor. If it's, uh, if it's confirmed that fasting would harm her or the baby, if it's a confirmed that if I fast today, definite harm will come to my baby or harm will come to myself, then it is not permissible for her to fast. If, however, um, it's a case of weakness becoming weak, becoming weak, and uh, she has the choice whether she wants to fast or whether she doesn't want to fast. Because in the hadith yesterday we mentioned that 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has relaxed the laws of Sharia when it comes to the traveler, when it comes to salah. He can make qasr, he can shorten his salah, and he can make jam, and he can join between two salahs. And Allah has relaxed the laws regarding a fasting woman, that she can break a fast during the month of, of Ramadan. Yesterday we mentioned the hadith. Shukran so much for that, Molina. Another question that came through and says, what is the ruling on a woman fasting during the month of Ramadan when she experiences istihada? Khair, inshallah. Istihada is an unnatural bleeding. When, when the hadith speaks about the height of a lady, is, the hadith speaks about the natural bleeding of the lady. When the lady has a natural bleeding, when she has a menses, a height, a monthly height, then she cannot fast. It's not permissible for the lady who has a height to fast. As for the lady who is experiencing istihada, it is compulsory for her to fast because it is not a natural bleeding, it is an unnatural bleeding. The questions in which you have been sent through, if we are not able to cover this in the day's topic, inshallah, then we'll definitely be covering it throughout the week, inshallah. So just be patient with us. However, Marina, you can continue as to where you stopped last, and that is definitely speaking on the conditions that obligates the fast, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. We mentioned that you have to be a Muslim. For the month for fasting to become compulsory upon an individual, you have to be a, a Muslim. So the first condition would be Islam. The second condition we mentioned was you have to be mukallaf. Mukallaf is made up of mukallaf is made up of two sifas, two qualities. One is to be balig, and the other one is to be aqil. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says in a hadith that rufi al qalamu an thalathatin. The pen has been lifted on three people. Three people are not responsible for the for the actions, for the deeds. Who are those three people? Anin Naimi, on the sleeping person. Hatta yastaqidah, until he awakens from his sleep. So the sleeping person, while he's sleeping, is not held responsible for his actions. Wa anisabiyyi, and from the young child, the question that was raised earlier, can a young child be forced to fast? Is it compulsory for them to fast? Wa anisabiyyi, hatta yahtalima, and the pain is lifted from the young boy, from the young girl, from the young child, until they reach the age of maturity. Wa anil majnuni, hatta ya'kilat. And from the person who loses his mind, the person who is not of sound mind, until he regains his, his mind. So, this hadith tells us very, very, very clearly that it refers to the fact that an individual, for him to be responsible for his actions or for her to be responsible for her actions, two sifas and two qualities is required. One is balig, he has to be mature, and the other one is akil, you have to be of of sound, of sound mind. The third quality, the third quality that a person needs to have before fasting becomes compulsory on that individual is you have to be free of all those barriers which prevents you from fasting. You have to be free from all the barriers that prevents one from fasting. So when we speak about barriers, it's called a mani, something which prevents you from fasting, which prevents either it doesn't make fasting permissible for you or it makes it permissible for you to eat. That's a mani, that's a barrier between you and, and fasting. What are the barriers of fasting? What are the mani? What is a mani? What are the mawani of fasting? The first one is hayd. Hayd and nifas. This is peculiar to ladies. Ladies only. Men doesn't get hayd and they don't experience nifas. <laughs> I think everyone knows that. <laughs> right. So hayd. A lady experiencing her menses or a lady experiencing nifas. Hayd is regarded as menses and nifas is postnatal bleeding. What is meant by postnatal bleeding when you have 
given birth. You've given birth, a lady generally or naturally she bleeds after birth. That's called nifas. Right? When a lady is experiencing haid or nifas, that haid and nifas, it acts as a mani. It's act, uh, it acts as a barrier between her and fasting. It's not permissible for her to fast in that conditions. So, the third condition is you have to be free of all those things that prevents one from fasting. Another mani, another barrier is the traveling person. The traveling person. If a person is traveling, then it is permissible for that person to to eat. Meaning it's not compulsory for you to fast. You have the choice. You have the choice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتِ مِنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفُرْقَانِ فَمَنْ شَهِدَ مِنْكُمُ الشَّهْرَ فَلْيَسُمْهُ this is the end of the ayah. I'm just going to translate that. Whoever witnesses the month of Ramadan, he must fast. It is compulsory to fast. And then Allah gives an exception. Allah gives exceptions to the rule. Who is, who is, who is not addressed with this order? That person who is sick. Or he is traveling. Let him fast in those days that he must in another time in another time but it is obviously better for you to fast if you have the ability so the person who is traveling or the person who is sick or the person who is sick he has the choice he has the choice whether he fast or whether he doesn't fast that acts as a man fasting is not compulsory for him he can however fast unlike the lady who has hide or the lady who has nifas or the person who has a sickness that it is so bad that if you fast you will destroy yourself that person is haram for him to fast it's haram for her to fast but the person who has a flu a very bad flu and he knows that or she knows that if i fast today i'm going to become weaker and it might increase my sickness it's permissible for that person to eat but if you can bite it out the Quran says fasting for you would be better but if you can't and you know that if I fast today I am going to become sick and it might become a sickness that will destroy me then it's haram for you to fast so these four these things which I have mentioned now these are the conditions for fasting to become compulsory upon an individual let's just do a recap the first condition is you must be a Muslim we don't force non-Muslims to abide by the injunctions of Sharia and we do not force anyone to become Muslim right the second condition is you must be a mukallaf we said that taklif is made up of two qualities you have to be bali and you have to be akil and then we mentioned you have to be free of all those things which prevents one from fasting and we mentioned a few of them one is haid nifas traveling sicknesses that causes extreme difficulty or severe discomfort old age or a terminal illness these are regarded as the mawani' as those things which forms a barrier between the person and fasting in the month of Ramadan. Shukran so much for that, Maulana. The voice there of Maulana Shabir Halad in your program, Adrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. Just a kind reminder that the waqt of Asr and the Adhan for Asr is scheduled to go down at 15.37. That is 15.37. However, if you have any questions in terms of the program and what Maulana has been mentioning, you can forward that through to our WhatsApp number on 072 238 0712. Alternatively, 
you can send through an SMS to 47913. Molina, here's one question that came through in terms of fasting. And it says here, Salam, Molina, if I am pregnant and do not fast, do I pay a fidya for myself and the baby? Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Regarding the pregnant lady, the fasting, as I mentioned previously, I think I did answer this question already. The pregnant lady, she's either breaking a fast, if she decides that I have to break my fast because I'm too weak, mm-hmm. or the baby might be harmed or I'm breastfeeding and um, they might not be I might not be generating enough milk to satisfy the hunger of my baby and she breaks her fast either she's doing so because she's fearing her own health she feels that if I if I fast today I'll become sick if this is the only reason why she breaks her fast then all she has to do is pay in the day or the amount of days that she stopped that she did not fast in Ramadan so if she's if she if she broke a fast for three days she left to pay in three days if, however, she feared the baby, she feared the health of the baby, then she has to pay in that three days which she must, and she has to give, she has to feed a, she has to feed a poor person. She has to feed a poor person, she has to feed a poor person, that's the definition of, of the fidya. She has to pay the fidya for three days. She has to pay the fidya for three days. So not only will she be fasting the three days that she must, she will also be paying a fidya for every day that she must, of the month of Ramadan. Okay, perfect. So you can send through those questions on 072-238-0712. That is 072-238-0712. Yes, the last question that came through, Malina, it says, Yes, Malina, I recently embraced Islam. My son is autistic. I'm not sure if I should encourage him to fast. He's at the age of seven years old. Definitely, you have to judge the situation. Is he taking medication? Usually autistic kids are on certain medications. If they need to take that medication throughout the day, then obviously he is not able to fast. A seven-year-old child, if the child, the environment is there, and the child has a, a natural inclination, he has that desire to fast, and that has been created by the environment which you have created for him. And he says that, Ummi, I want to fast. Oh, Abba, I want to fast. Then, inshallah, what you do is you slowly start. Let, let him fast. Like in, in our house, what, what my wife would do with my kids is that you fast from 8 o'clock until 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Or then you fast from, and the next year you'll fast from Fajr until 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Until the child, it becomes the habit and the child builds an ability within himself or within herself to fast in the month of Ramadan. Forcing a youngster to fast, forcing a child to fast is not, is not correct in Islam. Forcing and shouting and screaming at the youngster to fast, that would not be correct, especially at the age of, of seven. Because even at the age of seven, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is not telling us to, to order our kids to fast. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is more or less saying, encourage them to fast. When they start, when they become seven, then start ordering them or start encouraging to, in them to fast. But, but forcing them to fast? No, that's not, that's not the correct thing to do. Shukran for that. Molina, if you heard Molina speaking about some of the obligatory fasts, uh, the conditions that obligates the fast, and now we are going to be going into some other topics, and that is, of course, uh, the obligations of fasting. So now I'm going to be handing over to Molina to continue that, inshallah. Molina Tafatul. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, just to recap, we mentioned that if a person is a Muslim and is mukallaf, he is Balik and Akil, and he is free of all those barriers which prevents a person from fasting, then fasting becomes compulsory on that person. Very important to understand that it's not permissible to eat in the month of Ramadan for any other reason. 
if you are not sick, if you are not of old age, if you are not traveling, you do not have nifas, or you do not have hayd, <coughs> you have to fast the month of Ramadan. If we miss one day of Ramadan, if we miss a day and we eat intentionally in Ramadan, we can never ever, we'll never ever be able to pay and make up for the day, never ever. Because Ramadan is a special time. Ramadan is a time in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted this ummah with many, many moments in which the prayers and the du'as is accepted. So it's very, very important that everyone that has these qualities, every Muslim, every mukallaf Muslim who is able to fast should fast the entire month of Ramadan, inshallah. When we're fasting in the month of Ramadan, Ramadan is made up, fasting is made up of certain integrals. Integrals, rukan, arkan, an integral, very um, uh, acts or, 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 or conditions that makes up fasting. The two integrals of fasting in Ramadan is number one, is abstain is the is your niya, your niya of fasting, and number two, abstaining from all those things that breaks the fast from Fajr in the morning until the setting of the sun, Maghrib at night. So the two, there's only two rukans, there's only two integrals of fasting. The first one is the niya to sow, the fasting, the niya, the intention for fasting, and abstaining from all those things. The second one is to abstain from all those things that break the fast, abstaining from, from Fajr in the morning until sunset at night. When we look at the niya of fasting, when we look at the niya of fasting, remember Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith that innamal a'malu bin niyat, every action is judged according to its intention. That is why for every action, for every ibadah that we do as Muslims, our niya is of utmost importance. When we speak of niya, what do we mean? When we say the niya of fasting, are we speaking about the words that we are uttering? Is it only the words? No. The definition of niya is cost. Cost. What does cost mean? It is the motivation, the reason why you are doing. Being aware of the reason why you are abstaining from food. So the niya, the niya for fasting, the mahalluha, the place for that niya is the is the heart of a Muslim. It is not sufficient only to say the word. If after, like we have, a, we have our custom in Cape Town, after Taraweeh Salah, everyone in the masjid, we read the niya together. It's a very, very good practice. But the reason why that practice was in, in started in the first place was to basically just remind us that we are fasting tomorrow. That we are fasting tomorrow. The first rukun of fasting is is the niya, and the niya, the place of the niya is is the heart of insan. Is the is the is the heart, and the definition of niya is is the cost. It is that motivation. It is that reason. It is that awareness of doing a a certain action. <laughs> right. The niya is not only compulsory, but the niya coupled with something called a tabiit. Tabiit means that that niya has to be with you for the bulk of the night. What am I speaking about? Take for example, it's the first day of Ramadan. You wake up, you, f- you oversleep for Fajr. You wake up. Oh, you, you never knew that Ramadan would start today. Right? So you sleep. And 
you wake up after Fajr and it's 10 o'clock in the morning and then someone tells you, hey, you know it's Ramadan today. And you just woke up and say, hey, I never knew it's Ramadan, can you fast? Will that day suffice if abstaining from food for that day, will it be sufficient for you? Will that near, that waking up at 10 o'clock in the morning and then backtracking, oh, I stayed without food from Fajr already, I'll regard this at will that suffice? No, that doesn't suffice. Your niya has to be there from the night before, from before Fajr already of that morning. Your niya has to be there. So, if you wake up after Fajr and then you, de- you decide, no, I'll fast for the day, yeah, or you, 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 you go to sleep at night, the night before, you go to sleep and you have an intention, a strong intention to eat tomorrow. So you wake up after Fajr and you decide, no, no, I'm going to fast. For the fard fasting of Ramadan, that doesn't suffice. You need to have your niya the night before, at least before the true dawn, before Fajr starts. After Fajr making a niya will not suffice. Right, so the first rukun of fasting is, is the niya. And the niya, not the niya alone, but the niya has to be there the night before. The niya has to be there before Fajr. Before Fajr of the day of, of fasting. That is the, the first rukun. That is the first rukun of, of fasting. We carry on inshallah. The second, the, 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 the second condition for that niyyah to be correct. We mentioned the first was at-tabhid. That you have to have it during the night already. The second condition for your niyyah to be correct is to have at-ta'een. What does ta'een mean? Ta'een means that you intend to fast that specific day of this specific month of Ramadan. You can't have a general niyyah to fast. You cannot have a general niyyah to fast. The niyyah has to be specific for that day of that month of Ramadan. You have to be aware, you have to have that awareness within you. Right, so we said the niyyah, the rukun is the niyyah. We said the conditions for the niyyah to be correct. Number one is at-tabhid. Is that it should be there the night before. We said the second condition was at-ta'een, that you should specify that you are fasting in the month of Ramadan. The third condition for your niyyah to be correct is a quality called at-takarar. What does takarar mean? The man kickers, they go see the moon. They're going to see it, I think, on the 5th of of June, they're going to sight the moon. So they make the announcement, we have seen the moon and Ramadan starts tomorrow, so you make niya now for the entire month of Ramadan. I'm going to fast for the next 30 days, inshallah. Does that suffice as a niya? No, that does not suffice as a niya. A niya has to be made every day, for every day of the month of Ramadan. Because every day of Ramadan is regarded as a separate ibadah on its own. Fasting every day in Ramadan, every day of Ramadan. So if Ramadan is 30 days, there is 30 days of, of individual ibadah that took place. So you have to have a niyyah for every one of those 30 days. It doesn't suffice to start the, the, when, when the announcement is made on the voice of the Cape that Ramadan has started. Now you make intention, I fast for the rest of the 30 days. That doesn't work. Your niyyah has to be present every night of, for every day of the entire month of, of Ramadan. So the first rukun of fasting in the month of Ramadan was, is, is the niyyah. And this niyyah, the basis for this, the basis for this is the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a hadith which is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim. And the hadith goes like this, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ Every action is judged according to its intention. 
Shukran so much for that, Molina. With the clock now at 57, I'm going to be asking Molina to make a closing du'a for us. And also if there's any final points in which Molina wants to leave for the listener. What a, a final point is that if the whole of fasting depends on the kefir of your heart, remember, the kefir of our, our hearts, the condition of the heart of, 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 of man is, is very, very important. The niya is found in the heart. Every individual action that we do in our entire life depends on our heart. What is the condition of our heart? If the heart is correct, if the heart of insan is correct, if it is free of all these illnesses of jealousy and of hatred and all these different illnesses that brings down a Muslim, all these, when the heart is correct, the entire body of the man will be correct. Every action coming from his body, he's, he's, he's walking, he's talking, he's ibadat, everything will be correct. So very, very important as Muslims, we have to take care of our hearts, inshallah. We have to be aware of the condition of our hearts. And if we have any illnesses, inshallah, we make an intention that this Ramadan will be the Ramadan that I uproot that, that weakness, that I, 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 I uproot that evil that is to be found in my heart. And when we leave this Ramadan, inshallah, with a clean heart, then every action of ours will be correct. And it will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah give us tawfiq. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. That then includes our program, Madrasa on Ezra. Myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with Marina Shabir Halant. Everybody, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.